I, I want to just uh, bring a word on the on the nature of the Holy Spirit, because um, we're in a season right now where we're we're really desperate and hanging on the Holy Spirit for everything. That's a good place to be. <laughs> we don't want to be any place else of like than just like uh, Holy Spirit. We're desperate for you. Um, so if you have a Bible, would you mind sh- uh, turning to John chapter fourteen? We're going to look at John fourteen together today. I'm gonna I'm gonna record this and put this on the podcast, and uh, recommend to anybody who wasn't here that they hear this as well. And what I'd like to do is I'd like to just in the next next few weeks that I'm talking at Team First, which will I'm not gonna be here next week, but uh, you know in, in the following weeks I'll be posting up like on the podcast just little a little word on the nature of the Holy Spirit, and it's not gonna be terribly long, but I, I just want to kind of have a little expectation that we're gonna be learning a little bit about this on the side, uh, in addition to of course like focusing on on these like idols that we're, we're, we're called to leave behind um, in, our, in our Sunday services. But in, in John chapter 14, um, let's just take a look at this together. Uh, and really what we're talking about is this person who's often a neglected, a neglected person of the triune God. We just we don't talk about him that much. We don't talk about the nature of this person. Um, and I think I keep using the word person because that's an important thing to think about when you're thinking about the Holy Spirit, is that we're not talking about like a force or an energy. We're not talking about like a part of God or an aspect of God. We're talking about a person, one of the three persons that make up the divine Godhead. Who is this person and why do we talk about him? Uh, what, what role does he serve? And is it proper even to call him he? I use the word he because um, it's a personal pronoun. To say it, you could say it about the wind, and that, so that doesn't seem quite right. So there are some theologians who use the word she when talking about the Holy Spirit. I think that's perfectly appropriate, except for the fact that in the Bible, a male personal pronoun is used for the Holy Spirit. Um, and I wasn't planning on telling you that, but that's for free. There you go. So it's not, it's not a feeling, and it's not, it's not like the spirit of Christmas. Or like, you know, like Rocky's fever or something like that. It's different than that. We're talking about an actual person. So somebody who can commune with you, who can talk to you. Somebody with whom you can have a relationship. Um, So in John 14, and this is at verse 15, this is God's word. Jesus says, if you love me, keep my commands. Keep my commands. Something to, just to kind of set the stage for this whole discussion is that when we're talking about the Holy Spirit, we're talking about somebody that when we are obedient to God, that's where the relationship starts to take up, like kick up a notch. That it's difficult to have a relationship with God if you don't love him, and it's difficult to say that you love God if you're not keeping his commandments. Does that make sense? Jesus is tying those two things together. I think that's relevant in talking about the Holy Spirit, especially if, if you're not obedient to God, you shouldn't expect to be hearing from God. Um, you know, and now God will still speak to you, speak to people who are disobedient. I'm not saying that that's a hard and fast rule, but in general, if you're looking to hear from God, you might ask God, hey, where do I need to repent? Where am I being disobedient? And maybe your disobedience is the thing that's keeping you from hearing God. Does that make sense? Um, disobedience is, is alienating, and alienating break, alienation is something that happens when a relationship is broken. So that's, I think that's what Jesus is getting at there, that if you love him, you need to keep, keep his commands. And look at verse 16, and I will ask the Father, And he will give another advocate to help you and be with you forever, the spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him, for he lives with you and will be in you. Again, there's a link between our obedience and our ability to fully accept the Holy Spirit. I think you see this in this this passage here that the world can't, can't hear from the Holy Spirit a lot of times. Now, that doesn't mean that God isn't speaking. 
Uh, and it doesn't mean that God is unable to, to, to get through to people who are disobedient. It's just that often, if you don't want to hear God, you don't have to. You know, you can, you can drown him out with your disobedience if you want to, if that's the way that you want to live. But the Spirit is a gift from God. It's something that Jesus sends to us. He says, I'm going to ask the Father, and the Father's going to send it to you. So this is something that's given to us by God. And you can't earn him or be good enough to keep him. But you have to obey, or else you'll crowd out God's place on the throne in your life with some other kind of idol, with your own object of worship, which is what we're talking about in church right now. Jesus says that I'm, I'm, I'm going to ask the Father, and he'll give you another advocate. Did you notice that word, advocate? Does anybody have a translation that they're reading that has a different word than advocate in it? Counselor. That's good. That's a good one. Anybody else have a different word for advocate there? Helper, I've seen before. There's some translations that just leave the word paraclete in there. That's the German, or the, the Greek word for it, paraclete. They just leave it in there because... It's like more helpful to think about it as like a different kind of thing altogether. The word paraclete, parakletos, is uh, this idea of a counselor, a helper, an advocate, a friend, and it has a legal connotation to it. The Holy Spirit is somebody who would come alongside you as a, a, an advocate would in a court setting. Somebody who's there to advise you and to help you and to help you to stand up against any charges that would come against you, to give you legal advice. Uh, that's, that's what that word connote, would connote for the, uh, for the first century listeners to this book. They would have been thinking about somebody who would be a helper, a counselor. Protector. Yeah, protector, that's right. Somebody who can kind of answer a charge against you and protect you from it. That's important to think about when you're thinking about the Holy Spirit. This is what God meant for you to have with you. Somebody who could help you and to give you advice. And I think that's something that, that you know, we, we, can, we can pray to God, get, help me to know what to do in such and such a situation. But do you understand that inside of you is the one who can help you? That God is already with you. The advocate lives in you already. That's an important thing to think about because we can often think about God as like some someplace out there and we pray and we hope that God will speak and we'll be wise enough to hear it. But even inside of who you are, there is another person who can give you advice and counsel and who can care for you, who can protect you. Um, now, this, this person that, that Jesus says that he'll send is somebody that the world doesn't understand because he's the spirit of truth. That's an important way to think about him, the spirit of truth. God cares about truth. And this is important because so, so often the internal voices are lies, right? They're lies like you can't do it, like this is too hard, like give up now. Uh, lies like, like you should go after that when you should not go after that. Those kinds of lies. But the spirit in you is a spirit of truth. And it comes from God. The spirit of truth is something that comes from God. Anytime that people are dealing with the truth of how things are, that comes from God. God is the source of all truth. Uh, among, among philosophers going back to uh, kind of the earliest Christian philosophers in the first and second centuries, people used to say this, all truth is God's truth. This is why we should expect to see God revealed in God's self in the natural world and why we should expect people who are far from God to still have maybe a little bit of a kernel of the truth in them. Right? Anything that's true that people would believe, it ultimately comes from God, and that's because God, is, God sends the spirit of truth. But the world doesn't, expect, or doesn't accept him. That's important. Because the, the world is, is ruled by its own desires. In other places in the Bible, when it's talking about the spirit of truth, it contrasts that with the spirit of the present age. 
And the spirit of the present age doesn't want God's lordship or God's rulership. And this is something that we have to contend with on a regular basis. Because the spirit of this age tells you to look at how things are right now and to only look with the five senses. Or to only, only look at situations based on how you feel emotionally about them, right? But the spirit of truth can speak above all of that. The spirit of truth can, can address everything that God sees in the spiritual realm and give us the true understanding of how things really are. That's important for your life and for mine. It's important for Hope Denver. Because for Hope Denver, we could just look at like, we could look at like, at like things with too small of eyes, like how many people are here this week, or like, you know, how, how, is, how are people doing with like their volunteering or whatever. But the spirit of truth says, hey, you know what? God lives in you, and God lives in this community, and God can speak to this community and bring salvation out of nothing. That's what the spirit of truth does. Helps us to see things from God's perspective. And guys, we need that. Because the spirit of this present age is anxious, it's lonely, and it's apathetic. It says if it's hard, don't do it. But the spirit of truth says, take up your cross and follow Jesus, and God will bring a breakthrough. That's what the spirit of God says. The other place in the Bible when it talks about the Holy Spirit, it says that the Holy Spirit will, will, will be in you. And in this passage, you see, I don't know if you, you notice this, we can look at this again. Um, this is in the middle of verse 17. But you know him, for he lives with you and will be in you. With you and in you. So at Hope Denver, when we come together, the Holy Spirit is with us. Now he's with us like corporately. Uh, that's important for us to think about that that the Holy Spirit is like a person who's present in the room. That whenever we come together, God is here. We shouldn't, we shouldn't be discouraged by things if God is here. <laughs> we shouldn't give up on things if God is here. If God is here, let's keep going. Let's keep doing this. If God's here, we have the power to keep going. But also in your life, God is with you. Think about him as like being alongside you and near you. Um, the philosopher Augustine, he, he had this hymn where he talked about God is before me, he's behind me, he's beside me, he's even beneath me and above me. God is everywhere around me. And that's, that's what the Holy Spirit does. Christians have a way of expressing this through what they call the doctrine of omnipresence. That the Holy Spirit is literally everywhere. Uh, that everywhere you go, the Holy Spirit is. That is that God's presence extends throughout the natural world. That's a pretty cool thing, <laughs> that God is everywhere, which means even if you're in a place where you feel like it's just spiritually dead, like I think sometimes I look around from my cubicle in my office, and other than seeing Tyler across the way, I think, oh my gosh, there's like spiritual deadness like everywhere here. That's important because the Holy Spirit is with me. God is with me. He's there with me in the middle of that crazy room where everybody's being like potty mouth <laughs> swearing at me and they're not mad they're just swearing because that's what they do <laughs> you know and it's like geez guys like let up a little bit you know uh the holy spirit's there it's in the middle of that and i love my job i have i have a great job and i have great co-workers especially if you're listening to this podcast i really like you guys <laughs> but the holy spirit will be with you he'll also be in you this is important that the the miracle of christianity Oh, there's a lot of wonderful miracles about it. But the miracle of our relationship with God is that God is actually inside of your heart. God is present in you. That's amazing. Think about that. All the things that you have to do that are hard, it's not just you mustering up the strength to do it. It's God living inside you. 
I'll talk about this in future weeks, but there's another part in the, in the scripture where it says you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. That the proof of God's presence in you is actually that you have power to do everything that you need to do. That's amazing. That's an incredible thing. Uh, this is why there's sometimes you see like crazy things that happen and even uncomfortable things. Um, and you've seen this a few times here at Hope Denver where, where some of us will be speaking in other languages that we don't like understand cognitively. We don't know what the language is that we're speaking. Um, and then sometimes where there'll be somebody who could actually translate that. Uh, sometimes where somebody speaks. Have you ever had this happen before where somebody's like speaking and you think like they're talking about you? Like, it happens a lot of times in, in biblical preaching with, like, spirit-led preachers. They'll say something, and you'll be like, are you talking to me? <laughs> Has anybody ever had that before, or is it just me, sinner like me, who hears that? Okay, everybody hears that? That kind of stuff happens because God knows how to speak through people to others. The speaking in other languages thing, I'll talk about this in a few, in a few weeks. Some people call that speaking in tongues or a prayer language. That's God giving somebody the ability to pray for things that they don't even understand what they're praying for. That's an incredible thing. That God, God's plan is to use prayer to get stuff done. And so God can even put prayers in us, in languages we don't understand. And us praying them in those languages will help to get that stuff done. That's an incredible thing that God would do that. That's because God is a spirit who has power to give. And that power can live inside of you and inside of me. Uh, let's look at verse 18. Uh, I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. Before long, the world will not see me anymore, but you will see me. Because I live, you also will live. And on that day, you will realize that I am in my Father, and you are in me, and I am in you. Whoever has my commands and keeps them is the one who loves me. The one who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I too will love them and show myself to them. So this is, this is saying that Jesus is going to ascend and he's going to return. And that's why the Holy Spirit's important, because Jesus has left us with work to do. But he's also saying that I'm still going to be here. My presence is still going to be among you, because the Holy Spirit is, is part of the, the, you know, is, is one person of the divine trinity. So that means when the Holy Spirit's here, you can hear Jesus' voice as well. He's here as well. Uh, and there's, again, there's a link between the Holy Spirit's continuing presence among his people and obedience. My challenge for you is that if you ever feel like you're not hearing God or you're confused on things, ask him, do I need to repent of something? Is there something that I need to like say I'm sorry for and turn back to you about? Am I disobedient about something? I'm not saying that you should live in like constant guilt, but if you're, if you're confused and you don't know what to do and you feel like you need to hear from God, that's one box to check. It's to go to God and say, am I being disobedient about something? And he'll reveal that to you. Again and again, you see that tie in scripture of people, when they're obedient and when they repent, God speaks to them. This happens again and again in the Bible. Uh, The Holy Spirit will often respect your desire to disobey. God's a gentleman in that way, you know, and sometimes he'll speak to you even if you're disobedient, but a lot of times the Holy Spirit will say, hey, if you you don't want to hear from me, I'm not going to force it. Your obedience actually invites his presence. Look at verse uh, 22 here. Um, then Judas, not Judas Iscariot, actually, let's skip down to verse 25. Um, Jesus says, all this I have spoken while still with you, but the advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. Peace I leave with you, my peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid." So the Holy Spirit is sent by the Father in the name of Jesus. This is important because the Holy Spirit is not the same thing as every comforting feeling you might have. 
The Holy Spirit brings comfort when the Holy Spirit, when what you're hearing is actually something that's in Jesus' name. You can be comforted by a lie, is what I'm saying to you. You can be comforted by things that are not actually good for you. Uh, but the Holy Spirit is sent by the Father in Jesus' name. That's how you know if, if what you're hearing is from God, if there's a confession of Christ's lordship that goes with it. Anytime that somebody says that they've heard from God and they're denying the lordship of Jesus Christ, that's not the Holy Spirit speaking. Do you know what I'm saying? Like that confession of Jesus is, is Lord, that's something that comes with the voice of God. And that's something you'll hear a lot of times when you hear from the Holy Spirit. You'll be hearing things that are for the sake of the kingdom of Christ. All right? And it's not about like, it's not necessarily about what you want to hear. It's about things that are about the kingdom of Christ. That's what you hear often when you, when you hear from the Holy Spirit, uh, when you hear his voice. Um, uh, so, uh, um, let's hear, I wanted to say this. Oh yeah, there's a lot of counterfeits out there. So there's a lot of times where like, you, you go onto a mountain and you can feel something that's awesome. That might be the Holy Spirit, but it might just be like, because it's a cool mountain, right? You need to ask yourself, and what, I, is what I'm re- reflecting on, is that the Lord? If your barometer for what you do is how good it feels, that's a problem, right? Because sometimes the Holy Spirit makes you feel good, and sometimes he pushes you to, to, to do things that don't feel good at all, right? There's a lot of counterfeits for, like, that feeling, right? Remember in the office when Pam says, I really feel God in this Chili's tonight, <laughs> right? <laughs> like, she just had too much to drink, right? <laughs> like, you know, not every good feeling, you know, whiskey is not the same thing as hearing the Holy Spirit is all I'm saying, you know, all right? Not every good feeling is, is actually from God. You need to learn the difference between a good feeling and a God feeling, right? You need to learn the difference between a good feeling and a God feeling. God's feelings come with peace and they also come with instruction. Did you notice that? He says, I'm, I'm going to tell you what to do and I'm going to leave my peace with you. The, the Holy Spirit actually gives instruction on what to do next, but it always comes with peace. The Holy Spirit teaches us and he gives us peace. Is that a helpful like, introduction to who the Holy Spirit is, what he does in your life? That's a good thing to have, have those kinds of expectations that God's with you, he's in you, he's teaching you, and he's giving you peace, but we need to be obedient to him.